Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Bikini and the Brain. I am Adam Bonilla, and I'm sitting next to the bikini, Ashley Kaltwasser. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Better every day. Heck yeah. I'm, I'm a so robot. Sorry. I got a robot arm, but I'm, um, I'm doing okay right now. There you go. <laughs> a couple more weeks, I'll be robot arm free, I think. <laughs> so we have an episode today that is going to be kind of, um, so it's called Enjoying the Journey from Start to Finish, but we're going to be kind of going into, you know, from being a newbie, but these things will also apply to anyone who's doing this, maybe some things you overlooked um, and just kind of going over like the steps of the journey and steps you should be taking maybe when you're just getting started and also steps maybe you're overlooking when you're already experienced. So I think one of the things that we get um, commonly asked when people are thinking about competing and they want to get into it. They're already working out. They're in shape. And they're like, you know what? I saw this girl at my gym. That's usually how it goes. I saw this girl at my gym do a competition. It looked really fun. You know, how do I get started with that? You know, what are the steps? So um, I think we starting there is a good a good starting point. And guys, this is a, a live episode. So if you have questions, especially if you're um, getting new to this or in this, jump in and, and ask some questions. We're happy to answer them along the way. So how did how did that go for you, Ashley? Well, just like you said, I I, well, it was my old track coach. So, but she did go to the gym and I did see it on Facebook that she did this and I thought it was cool. So I kind of want to dive into it, but I don't want to kind of use my journey as it, because let's be honest, things have changed a lot in yeah. 10 years. So the process of me figuring it all out is way different. And the biggest difference between now and then is the information that's available online, right? Yeah. We have YouTube, we have NBC News Online, we have all these resources, this podcast, many podcasts, people's vlogs, you know, we have all this information just like at our fingertips. So first and foremost, my my advice would be do as much research as you can before you even start looking for a coach. I want you to make sure that this is even right for you. Make sure you know what you're getting into, okay? Because I don't think it's smart to just hire a coach, even if you did the research without knowing what you are going to uh, need to do as an athlete, the hours put in the gym, the diet, the stage, the, the finances, everything that revolves around our sport. So that I think is the first and foremost thing you should do is do your research. Yeah, I think that's a good thing too. And I think what is also really important is to find like what's a realistic timeline too because i think people un underestimate that part of it quite a bit and um yes. you know if you look at a lot of i guess you'd say like model type of uh, competitions you, you don't generally need as much as this and this is and it's this is confusing because it would appear you know doing a bikini competition would be like a kind of like model type competition but it's not it is a bodybuilding division in bikini so the amount of muscle they have, it's not like you're going to see at those like a typical bikini competitions where it's just bikini competition. You can look at, you know, some of the bigger ones are like, you know, the Hooter Girl competition, which is um, there's a Jantana one, things like that. There's all these bigger competitions that they have there. This is a lot more muscle. This is a different, a different thing. This is not that this is a bodybuilding fitness model competition. So emphasis on the word fitness. Um, there is a lot of muscle and there's a lot more muscle than when you started too. So um, just th looking at timelines, I like to go into what the timelines are that you should be expecting in terms of your phase one, your phase two, and how you're approaching the gym in those different phases. <clears throat> but the bikini physique of today 
So for some people, it could be as low as, you know, a low as a year if you have an athletic background and your genetics are are good and you can, you know, it could be as low as a year to compete on like a local level, but on a national level, we're probably talking for those people 2 years to 3 years. If you're of regular genetics, it's probably going to be about a 2-year physique to get on a local stage and maybe 3 to 5 years to get on like a national stage and actually be competitive there. It is not what a lot of people think it is. And so I just want to set up your expectations right. Because I do run into that a lot where someone will compete. It might be a smaller show and they might do good. Maybe they get, you know, third place and I'm like, oh, I'm probably just a few inches away from the national level. And I'm like, no, that local level show wasn't that deep. And when you get to national level, like you're probably going to be in that lower callouts. It's going to take you a while to build up to that physique. So you just have to learn, you know, just like any other sport, this takes time. You know? Yes, absolutely. And going back to what you said, how some people that already have like an athletic background can sometimes get away with one year. Well, I would also um, like to be more specific with that because that doesn't mean, yeah, I do yoga three times a week and I do a step class. No, 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 no. The kind of sports that you would have to be doing for years to kind of prepare you for this, I think maybe CrossFitters, depending on your experience, could probably do it in a year. Yeah. Powerlifters, weightlifters, sports like that that give you a good muscle base, but not necessarily like aerobic um, sports or things like that. So, you know, depends on the sport itself, but also your genetics. Like you said, some people put on muscle quicker than others. Um, but yeah, I think I see it a few times a year where someone will reach out to me and they'll already start to want to prep for a show, but they don't even have the muscle yet to prep. Because the thing is, is unless you're like already obese, right? If you're just a normal person, body fat percentage, we probably could get you lean enough in 16 weeks, but you're going to be a stick figure. You're not going to have muscle. You're not going to have curves and you definitely won't be ready for your competition. So Conditioning wise, most people probably could get ready in that amount of time if they're a decent body fat percentage already, but muscle, not so much, especially if you're new to this, it's going to be hard to kind of cut and put on muscle at the same time. If you're a newbie lifter like that, if you know, but again, this is very dependent on your genetics. So there's no one size fits all for anyone. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's a hundred percent laid out right now. Uh, when you talk about the people who are genetically gifted and going a little bit farther. And that's the thing I like about bikini is there is that kind of equal playing ground in bikini. So don't get frustrated if you're someone who doesn't have the best genetics in terms of building muscle. The people who have, uh, I guess you'd say extreme genetics in terms of building muscle at a certain point, they have to stop building muscle if they're going to stay in bikini division. And it's, um, so, and I run into that. I've actually ran into that quite a bit with those types of people. They get so they're so genetically gifted. I have one and a half years, two years of maybe three of like really building with them. And then I'm like, hey, the judges are saying you need to slow down, you know? So they get to that point. And that's what's great is that's an equal playing field because it might take you five years, six years to get to their three year marker. But at their three year marker, they have to start controlling things. At your six year marker, you have to start controlling things. So that's why I like bikini because it's not like this indefinite amount of growth. So to give you guys a little bit of motivation who are out there who are maybe a little bit of slower builders, there is that equal playing field in terms of muscle building. Now, in terms of structure, yeah, if someone has a better structure than you, not much you can do in terms of changing that. Genetics are going to be different per people. But the actual muscle has its equalizing like amount, which is you don't run into in bodybuilding. You know, in like bodybuilding, it's like, oh, he grows faster than me. Well, he's probably going to be a better bodybuilder than you because he's just always going to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, it's very, I mean, how many times have we seen a bodybuilder where they say he's too big? It's like, I've seen it like, 
a couple times, maybe Rami started getting too big kind of thing. Like it, it's so rare where you run into that. But in bikini, you see it all the time. Oh, she's just a little too big. She's a little too big. Or they'll move to a different division, wellness or whatever. So uh, I do like that part. It's motivating to hear that for, for girls out there who are out there listening. They're like, I just don't build muscle that quick. It's okay. A lot of people don't. It'll equal out eventually. Um, it's just going to take you take you some time. So you're in the gym. You're in your you're you're getting excited about doing bikini competition. You're essentially in your um, your first phase, and so that first phase, I call it uh, bikini building, right? Or actually, I call it I'm sorry, bodybuilding is the first stage, right? So you're just lifting weights. You're just lifting weights. You're doing everything. Maybe you're still doing chest. You're doing muscles that you don't really need for bikini, and then. After you get your base and you say, hey, I want to do a bikini competition because Patricia did a bikini competition. I think it looks really fun. Let's grow up my gym. And then you're like, okay, now you're going to go into bikini bodybuilding, which is going to be very structured in how of what you're going to approach and, and how you're going to do your workouts and just approach it that way, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then, then the last stage, so you're going to do that for maybe, let's say, your bodybuilding stage. You're going to do for maybe a year. Your bikini building stage, maybe you do for a year. Maybe you do a bikini competition at that stage, you know, two years in, and then you get off stage, you have your pictures, you see what you look like. And that's the thing that people don't understand is you got to see what you look like. Uh, I call it pulling back the curtain, which is basically like losing all the body fat. You lose a body fat, you pull back the curtain, you see what you're really made of at that point. What do your tie-ins look like? What is your real genetic structure? What does your muscle bellies really look like without the body fat on them? Do you have really big glutes or did you have glutes that stored a lot of body fat? And when you lost all your body fat, your glutes shrunk significantly. I've had girls before who thought they were wellness and um, they just, they found out that they stored a lot of body fat on their glutes. And that's basically when they were dieting down, they're like, I had this one girl, she was really funny. It was like the funniest thing. Um, she was like, I really thought I was wellness, but apparently I just got a really fat butt. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess, I guess that was the case. It was so funny because she was so like understanding and matter of fact about it. She's I'm like, you, Hey, you got really good body fat distribution. You're going to store it anywhere. That's the place. <laughs> she was like, Hey, I'm not mad at it. But she's like, but I really thought that was more muscle. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it wasn't, you know, and you don't, you don't lose it doing the volume and workouts and all that stuff that we're doing. So you got to find out what you're made of. You got to pull back the curtain. And once you do, you can then get with your coach and say, okay, where do I need to make real improvements to get me to look like a pro? And then you go into bikini sculpting. Um, so bikini sculpting is a very specific, very targeted thing. You've been bikini sculpting for years now at yeah. this stage. How fun is that? It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not mad at it. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, if you can get past the, um, the repetitiveness of it, um, it becomes really fun, but I will let you know, especially if you're going to do this sport seriously, when you're looking at it as, Hey, I'm going to go into the gym and have, um, you know, a blast and a new workout every time. Like that's not where the sport kind of goes in that direction. I do run into that with health and fitness people or CrossFit people who do, you know, the, the wad, you know, the workout of the day. And then they're like, yeah, I'm going to do bodybuilding. I'm like, it's a lot different when you get to that bikini sculpting stage because Ashley's going to be working on her glutes and her, and her shoulders repetitively mm -hmm. for three years now, like just nonstop glutes, shoulders, glutes, shoulders, a little bit of arms here and there. Like, and, and it's, it's, it does get repetitive. So do understand that when you get into that bikini building stage, you're going to be doing a lot of repeat workouts. You can still keep it fun, but right. it's a lot of repeating. And when we're in the, in the final sculpting stage as well, you'll find that there should be less compound movements, more isolated movements, you know, because everyone has their pluses and minuses when it comes to like their muscles, right? Some 
grow faster than others. For me, my example is my abs. I never train my abs because if I do, they will get way too overdeveloped. And in bikini, they don't want to have, uh, what is it, turtle shell abs, you say? Yeah. The turtle shell abs. They want like smooth toned abs, but not to where you can count each and every one of them. Um, so I don't do... Uh, core. For some girls, they don't do quads because they're very quad dominant. So girls like that, for example, should not be training, doing squats and lunges and all that stuff. They're going to have to isolate the certain uh, muscles that they need to work on and back away from the ones that they're already over, overdeveloped in, you know? So everyone has that, you know, there's no no one's ever complete. Everyone has an overly dominant body part. That's no, that's normal. Um, but you just kind of have to work around it. So don't be surprised if you're in that stage and you have to do less compound movements, depending on what your, you know, situation is. For me, I can do compounds. It's not, a, not an issue because in my legs, nothing's really overdeveloped. I'm not quad dominant or anything like that. So I'm able to do these things. But I know of a lot of girls that are in that scenario. They They don't do a lot of compounds because they tend to be quad dominant or whatever uh, muscle we're referring to same thing with upper body. Like if they're too big uh, in their shoulders, for example, or they have to stay away from that kind of stuff and just do isolated movements. Yeah. I was actually doing a, a physique assessment. Um, so I do these physique assessments where someone will compete and they'll have their post-show pictures and they'll send me their pictures and I do assessments for them. And I saw it and I was like, man, you, there was a, so many things that were too developed for her. Yeah. And I was like, are you working your chest? Are you working your arms like twice a week? Like, what are you doing? Like, and she was like, yeah, I'm doing, um, I'm training my chest, but she's like, but only twice a week, just like incline chest, incline chest press. And I'm doing my arms like twice a week. And I'm like, you don't need any more arms. And why are you, you have pecs developed, you know, like you can, you can see the separation line. Like when she's posing, you see that like upper cliff kind of chest. You just, just a little bit, obviously not like, uh, like, like guy or anything, but you don't, the thing is, this is a, a bikini division. There's, there's, no benefit for a bikini competitor be doing chest. Like you're, if you're getting pecs on stage and you're getting that separation detail line to the point where you can see like a visual pec muscle, it's going to hurt you, not help you. There's, there's no way it'll help you and it possibly could hurt you. So there's this, for example, for the, for, for that girl, if she did a pure bikini sculpting stage, which is the stage she's at, she had an incredible physique. Um, she could have been a lot better because she could take obviously two days away from, from pecs and could do it towards shoulders and then can take probably her two days away from arms and put it towards glutes. And now she's doing higher frequency of, you know, shoulders and glutes, which is what she needed. Right. So the same time frame invested the right way. Um, and with less, probably less likelihood of overtraining because less muscles are being worked. Um, it just makes a lot more sense. So that's bikini sculpting now. And as I said, again, just remember that when you get to that stage, you know, it is repetitive. There's only so many ways you can train your shoulders and glutes. You're going to do all the exercises. So there's not going to be a huge amount of variation because you're already doing all the exercises. So you can change the format of it up, change the rep range of it up, but you're still doing all the exercises from every angle. So it's not mm -hmm. like, oh, today I'm going to do shoulders from a totally different exercise. And like, well, is it going to be, you know, shoulder lateral raise, cable lateral raise, <laughs> like machine lateral raise? Because that's probably the, the three you're doing. You know, you're going to do your fronts, then you're going to do your rears, and it's going to be the same exercise. So it's, there's a lot of repetitiveness of it. So that's just something I think that a lot of people don't understand when they get into it. Um, newbies, I run into that a lot because mm -hmm. they're always like, oh, I've, I've been doing a different workout every week for two years. I've been doing body sculpt and mm -hmm. CrossFit and this and that. And it's so fun. And every time it's something new and I'm like, you're not training that way anymore. Just like if you were a basketball athlete and you got to run lines, 
you're going to be running lines probably for the rest of your life. <laughs> like if you're a track athlete and you got to run five miles before practice starts, you're probably going to be running five miles for the rest of your life. So bikini athlete, you're going to be training your glutes and your shoulders for the rest of your career. So it's, it is what it is. You know, it's going to be very repetitive. Yes. And I think that's where a lot of times, uh, competitors that are like, I like to say they're addicted to the pump. That's when they meet a crossroads because mentally they can't grasp the fact that like, Oh my God, but I got to train my arms. Like, no, I have to, I'm going to lose all my arms. So I'll train like two times a week. It's no, not heavy. And I'm like, they're not going to go anywhere, you know? And I think that's where you see like people maybe start to drift into another division, which rightfully so, if you feel like you're fighting your genetics a little bit, or just really want to lift heavy and lift everything, you know, maybe bump up a different division. And we've seen that a few times with some bikini athletes that they wasn't able to train legs at all because they were so lower body dominant and they would just have to run, 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 keep the calories low to keep the legs small. And it's like, at that point, you're really fighting genetics. And then they just graduated to wellness because it made more sense. But, you know, I think that's also something you have to ask yourself if you're kind of fighting your body or you want to lift more, if bikini's the right one for you. Because just like you said, you're going to be doing a lot of repetitive movements once you get to the sculpting stage. So just be prepared for that. Yeah, no, you have it exactly. And it, and that is a weird, it is a weird crossword. We've seen it, we have seen it a few times. Like we've been able to like visually see it. And I will say, um, if you get to that stage, you're gonna have to ask yourself, what do you want? And that's the hardest thing. And I think that everyone, when they do prep, they, you need to ask yourself that reason. What are you doing the prep for? Like, what is the end goal? So some people, it, it makes sense for them to go to wellness. You know, it makes a lot of sense because their end goal, maybe they're genetically, like their structure isn't going to be a Miss Olympia, right? Um, maybe that's not it for, for wellness, right? But maybe if they pushed it for a bikini, they could, but it would be really, really hard to get there. And in that scenario, maybe they're not working legs the whole time. But it's so them pursuing that path steals the joy of their workout, though it's better for them in potential. Right. What what's more worth it for you at that stage? Genetically, you're better for bikini, but you hate you love working out and you can't work out anymore. If it is it stealing joy from you, then and you're you don't plan on going being the next Mix Olympia, then I say go to the next division, even if you're not going to be the Mix Olympia in that division. So um you have to kind of go in and ask yourself, okay, what am I really doing this for? if you ever get to that stage and then you can make the decision of what's best for you. I would say more often than not, the bikini competitors who have to choose to go up to the division or stop working out, I would say probably I've gotten, I would say probably six or seven out of 10, just say no. First, they always say, yes, I'm going to do bikini. I'm going to stay in bikini. They always say the same at first. They're like, oh, sweet. I don't have to work out that much. I'll do it. I'm like, yeah, but you're going to have to do cardio. You're going to do this. It's fine. Whatever you want. And then they'll last like a month or two, but they don't realize how much they'll miss training legs heavy or whatever. Right. And then they're like, you know what? I'm just going to go in the off season. I'm just going to do what I want in the off season. And then whatever happens, happens. And they come back, <laughs> they're like giant legs. Right. Cause they finally, they ate a little, they lifted heavy. So like, yeah, I'm just going to go to wellness. If I don't do as good, it'd be fine. I just enjoy working out too much. Right. So whatever is right for you, do what's right, do what's right for you. Um, but that is, that is something that every competitor who wants to get into comp- competing, you have to ask yourself, okay, what do I want to do with this? Is it just for me getting on stage and having fun? Great. I support that 100%. I think it's awesome. Is it, I want to be the next Miss Olympia? Well, that's a different thing. That's a totally different thing. You're saying you want to be the best at a sport. It's not going to be comfortable to be that girl. You're going to have to stay on plan for a long period of time. You have to work hard, work on your recovery, your sleep. Like everything is going to be critical 
to be that girl. So you just have to look at, okay, what's my end goal here? And then your approach will be totally different. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. If there's any questions you want to address right now, I think is a good time before yeah. we start compiling. Yeah, we got a couple of good questions <laughs> yeah, here. Really good questions. And I think one of them is especially since we're talking about people who are beginners and advanced, maybe getting into the sport is we cover this here and there. But um, one of the question comes in as from Princess, Princess me, not Princess me, but Princess her. <laughs> um, it says, is there a weight range for healthy female in the off season? Okay, so I do want to go into this a little bit because it's very confusing and I've covered it before, but it is confusing for people. And I want to put, I want to be kind of real about it too. Okay, so I generally say about 10% above stage weight if you're going to be competing within the next six months. And if you're not going to be competing in the next six months, about 12% above stage weight. Now, that's my stage weight that I get people to because I don't cut water for people. So if you're one of those people who cut water and, and take things like expel or whatever to, to lose water weight, your stage weight is going to be different. I will go off of that person's like start of peak week weight versus their show weight because their show weight might be eight pounds lower that week. So just to put that out and make it clear, um, 10 to 10% 10 six months or less. And why do I say six months or less? Because if you go up, let's say 15% in six months, it's going to be significantly harder to lose that 15% of your stage to get back to your stage weight. If you haven't been off, like if you haven't had a break and you're just going right back into cutting again. So if you do your show and you're like, I want to compete again in six months, you better keep it tight because it's going to be, you're going to be jumping into prep again within probably two to three months. And then you're going to, your body's not going to be fully recovered from your last prep yet. And it's going to fight you at the very end, especially if you're trying to get off that last 10 pounds or so, if you, you shouldn't be in that position, you know, so keep it tight. It, it should be according to um, how close your next show is and what you need to improve on. You know, if you have to put on a lot of muscle, you're really petite. Yeah. You might go up from that, but we're talking body fat wise is still going to stay about the same. You might put on more muscle, but body fat wise is about the same. So keeping it tight. Remember you're doing this as a sport now. And I do want to go into, um, the equivalence too. Cause here's the thing that we, we do. And I want to really put it out there for people. This is going to be a little bit of a realization for people. Okay. Let's say you have an average bikini competitor around 125 pounds. Ashley's about 122 or so five, five when she's on stage, give or take a couple pounds. So let's say 125 pounds is like your average competitor. Bikini athletes are gaining 30 pounds in the off season, right? Which would put them at 155. And we think, oh, that's not terrible. It's only 30 pounds. It's like, whatever. It's it's 20%, a little bit over 20% of over stage weight. Okay, so let's put that in context with things because I don't think people really get this. Let's take someone like, uh, like a bodybuilder who weighs 250 pounds on stage, right? Double the weight. That would be equivalent of them gaining 60 pounds in the off season, right? So bodybuilders aren't gaining 60, 70 pounds, but you're seeing bikini competitors gain 30, 35, 40 even. So what, would that make sense if you saw a bodybuilder gain 80 pounds in the off season who was 250 pounds and weighing 330 pounds or so? Like that doesn't happen in body, but the bodybuilders are gaining about the same amount of weight as bikini competitors. They're gaining 30 pounds, but they actually have the volume to do it. You know, maybe, maybe 40 pounds for someone who weighs 280. But we're talking bikini competitors who weigh 125 pounds gaining 40 pounds, you know? That's crazy. Like in context, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if Shaq were to show up back to practice and he's 300 pounds, and if he was showing up every time at 400 pounds, like we'd be like, what are you doing, Shaq? But these bikini competitors are gaining the same amount of weight, 30% of their stage weight. And, but you don't see professional athletes doing it. But for some reason in bikini, because it doesn't appear like it's that much weight, 
because it's 30 pounds, the relative weight to someone who would be like a bodybuilder, we'd be like, this guy's out of control. It's so unhealthy. It's so unhealthy for this guy to be gaining 60, 70 pounds every off season. But bikini competitor, same exact percentage. <laughs> we're like, oh no, it's cool. It's fine. She's just living her best life. She's just living balanced, right? Guys, that whole thing is is total BS. I hate the word balance. I oh. was telling you about it. I, I've really begun to hate the word yeah. balance because people abuse the word balance. Yeah, justification for eating like crap. And That's so not balance. <laughs> it's not balance. So I just want you guys to take this in. It makes me so, it doesn't make me, like I laugh at it at this point because it used to just make me mad because I know I'm never going to win this argument. Mm -hmm. But it it makes me kind of sad because I know what's really happening there. You know, and the girls that are like posting those pictures are like, happy at any weight. And I'm like, you're not though, because you're calling me and emailing me saying that you want to, you, you hate how you feel and you want to lose 30 pounds and you're not wearing the, running around in the gym like you were before with like the crop shirts and all this and having fun. Like it's not, it's fun to be up and I've been shredded and I've been soft. I hate being soft comparatively. Oh, if I could be shredded hundred percent of the time, I would like if the effort was, was close to that. And I try to stay lean no matter what, like I never want to be able to take my shirt off and not feel comfortable right? This is the worst I felt right now because I can't work out my upper body, but I'm still like, okay, I'm going to eat a little less. I'm going to do right. my cardio an hour a day. Like I'm not going to get fat, even though I'm getting small. I hate it, but mm -hmm. it is what it is, right? I can't lift. I got, I actually got a physical excuse <laughs> for another like six weeks, but I'm still like, okay, what can I do? Right? I, I can train abs a little bit. I can, I can do cardio for an hour a day. I can just not get fat, you know? So just if you're a competitor and you're into this and you're new or you're advanced into this, just remember like, the feeling of of being fit is is always going to be worth more than the food. But also, if you want your career to excel, you can't be transforming back into each show. If you're you can't be a transformation client 100 percent of your life, you know it will hold you back. Yes, you could probably lose the weight, but you will it will hold you back from excelling every time. When you have people like Ashley out there, you have people like like look at like look at the champion, look at Issa, look at uh, Janet. That you never see them gaining 50 pounds, 40 pounds. Like look at the champions out there of who in their sport. They stay lean. They're they're making progress from show to show. They're on their diet 100% of the time. If not 100%, maybe one day a week they're having a, a free meal here and there. But they're staying lean, you know. And if you want to excel, you're going to have to overcome them doing that. If you want to beat them one day, you're going to have to overcome that. And they're not allowing that room there while you're setting yourself back being a transformation client each time. So understand that. If you want to be a regular just step on stage, that's one approach. If you want to be the next best thing, every day counts. Even your days where you're blowing up, those do count against you. There's no way around that. We can't deny that anymore and be like, oh, it's great. She's living balanced. It's 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 not how an athlete should be living. And if we look at the context of relative to bodybuilders, you can see how damaging it is. It's just unhealthy too. That's what I, that's what really gets me is that it's they don't see how unhealthy it is. So. I know. They think it's the opposite. They think people that stay leaner, that's the unhealthy one. Yeah, so you know crazy. how much crap I get for staying. And I don't even stay stage lean. A lot of people think I do. I don't stay stage yeah. lean. It's not like I can just walk on stage today and place well. That's not, not going to happen. But even for me, staying like within my 10-pound range is like, oh, my gosh, her hormones are poor <laughs> Ashley's so unhealthy oh my gosh no balance yeah and i'm like dude it's really not that much to ask like 10 pounds for me it's like no you know what i mean it's i i think people just like you said they're using that as a justification when in reality your body is going to go through way more stress with the yo-yo dieting you have to do the all or nothing kind of thing it's not it's not good on your body it's not good on your skin not good on your longevity um so yeah i think that's funny how people 
like to twist those two things. I find that to be quite common. And it's like, is it hard to do to keep it tight in the off season for some? Yeah, it can be hard, but the sport isn't supposed to be easy. It's not. So if you're expecting it to be easy, 365 days, you're in the wrong sport or any sport, for example. Yeah. Like I said, I do believe that this sport breeds people that were never athletes and in high school or college sometimes, or just JV. Yeah, I did JV baseball or whatever, you know, softball, <laughs> like we'll get those and they don't really understand what it's really like to work hard all year round, all year round. They're just used to like, Oh yeah. In middle school, I, I played volleyball, you know, it's, it's not the same. <laughs> yeah. It's a different thing. And you got to remember guys, what's at the top. There's a lot of the top, there's a lot of benefit. Any, the, the more benefit there is at the top, there's more people willing to do more things to get there. You know, so, you know, if you're the, if you're the top, anything in the world is going to be hard. And if you're the, and this is no different and yeah, there's going to be a lot of benefit. There's going to be, you know, sponsors and travels. Like Ashley's life is crazy. Like your dream life. It's I'm so nuts. I'm the dream. All right. Yeah. It is nuts. I never forget it either. Yeah. You really don't. I really appreciate that. You don't, you never, you, you, you earn it every day with your food and your chicken and your Tupperware. But you, man, the interest that you've accrued on that chicken has been quite good. Chicken pays for itself now. I get free chicken now. (laughs) I I went from paying for the chicken to now I get it for free. Getting paid to eat the chicken. You travel the world. Who knows how many countries I can go wherever I want, whenever I want, do whatever show I want. Nothing's holding me back. Finances, uh, responsibility, you name it. It's not holding me back. I'm a free bird to do whatever I want. And I do realize I'm so lucky to be living this life. I'm living most people's dream. Well, I don't want to say most people's because a lot of people, I think could, this would overwhelm them. But a lot of people out there that are competing, maybe at the NPC level, I'm sure they could only dream of this life because I did when I was an NPC competitor. Yeah. I'm living my dream life. And every time I find myself complaining, or having a bad day, I'm like, you know what? It's a bad day, but it's a good life. So, yeah, yeah exactly. The uh, what's what's funny is, um, and I was talking to you a little bit. About, but I was talking to Kimmer about it when like this first happened, like my first my injury happened, and um, and it sucked because I came back. I came back from sparring, and and Kimber was like, "How's sparring going?" I just like ran to the bathroom because I, I wanted to see. It. I was like, "Crap!" You know, I just didn't say anything. I just ran there, and I was like, "I know I tore it. Like I'm positive I tore it." But I, had to, I like. So I took off my shirt and everything. And I was like, yeah, it's, I was like trying to assess it. and like, it's tour, Right. And I was like, um, and I went to Kimber and I was like, yeah, I'm like sparring didn't go good. Uh, I, I think I tore my bicep, pretty sure I tore my bicep and she felt, you know, she of course was scared and was like, you know, it's her husband and she's like, it just sucks. She's like, I feel really bad for you. You know, you're, you're at your sport and it's just something you really love and this and that. And then I was like, yeah, I was like, honestly though, my sport is coaching. Like that's my sport. It's coach. I'll tell you that. Like that's actually my sport. You know, this is a hobby and it's fun, but, um, and it got me to free my mind of this stuff and give me a little break, but this is like my sport and I'm so lucky and so privileged to be able to do this sport at the level that I'm doing it. And it does take so much out of me. That was probably taking a little bit away anyway, but, um, I'll still do it for like fitness, but, and, and who knows where I'll end up doing, but the, but the reality is this is my sport and I can't ever take that for granted because it's like, I get to go all over the world with you and with, with Kimber and whoever, where I'm going to be going all over the world this year. And I'm like, so excited. And I think people don't really see that light at the end of the tunnel. So whether you're an athlete right now, or you end up being a coach, like the life that you'll live, if you go through all these stages, if you're 
progressing and if you're building and if you're promoting, you know, doing content and like doing all the things that require you getting to the top in any bracket, whether it's making suits or posing coaching or competing or coaching, you know, whatever, like if you get there, it is like so amazing. That's why I say, you know, it's, it's never worth setting yourself back. Like you're never going to be at a time where you ate a whole pizza and you're like, yeah, set myself back. But man, was that worth it? Like the moment is so brief for the, the, the long-term difficulty you're going to face because of it. The interest that you accrue on that part of it is really negative. The interest you accrue on eating chicken and, and working hard in the, in the office for me, coaching, whatever is like so great. And I'm not even talking financial, just the benefit of life alone. You know, yeah. it's, it's awesome. So, so yeah, when you're getting into this, kind of figure out your why and hold on to it. Like Ashley's done a great job. You've done a really good job holding on to your why. Oh yeah, definitely. I think uh, what happens too is as people get more successful, they lose that sense of gratitude because they start expecting more. But for me, it's like, I'll never forget like my first sponsorship. It was just free spray tans from Liquid Sunrays. And when I found out I was chosen to get just free spray tans, I was like, so excited. I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening to me. Oh my God. And now I've done so much more than that and gotten so many more sponsorships and other opportunities, but I'll never forget the feeling of that first time. So like, I think sometimes what gets people kind of, you know, maybe in a bad mindset is they just start to expect things and not, th they're not really just think of it. Oh, yeah, it's nothing now. But think about when you first started. So all those little wins, you know, and that's yeah. why I, I say to you when I win, I never expect to win. It's always a very awesome gift. It's cherry on top. So yeah. like I always like to keep my mindset there. Never expect things just, you know, but when you do uh, meet your goals or get an awesome sponsorship or whatever the case always be very like, just live in the moment for that. Just remember where you came from. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good thing. You've done a very good job and a very good example of that too. Cause it is, it's easy to kind of turn it a normal, like it, because it's so normal, it kind of turns into an expectation. It's yes. easy for that to happen. It's happened with me before I've had to like slow myself down mm -hmm. where I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> don't you ever go into the office thinking, man, it's a Monday. Like, don't you even think about that for a second? Like, you know, because this is a, such a cool life and you guys can, you it's it's there. It's so doable. People, I think it, they don't see it, but it's doable. But it starts with you being an athlete 100% of the time. You know, that's how it was, where it starts. So, okay. So you've gone through those things. You've, you're in the gym. Now you got to find a coach, opposing coach, trainer, whatever, right? What are the differences and what should you look for? Um, so the first thing we'll go in, I, I want to go into is going to be like looking for a coach. And in this is no way in promotion of me being a coach, right? So, but I want you guys to, because I might not line up with a lot of you guys the way that you guys want to prep, or you might not line up the way that I want to prep you. So, um, but what you have to ask yourself, okay, what is it I want to do? Do I want to have just fun and do local shows? Um, if in that case, well, then the resume doesn't matter that much uh, for the coach. Just have fun and see who you kind of vibe with and and make sure that they're on board with you. If you're saying, hey, I want to excel and get to the national level and maybe compete as a pro well it's going to be pretty hard for someone to do that who's never done that before as a coach so you know look at that look at their resume if they've never been taking anyone to nationals um never got anyone pro card never done well on the pro level how are they going to do that for you they shouldn't learn through you unfortunately which is one of those things that kind of sucks it's like you go to the job interview they're like yeah we just need someone more experience and like I'm not, how do i get more experience <laughs> without getting the job right it's like this circle um but that is the reality you know someone's going to have to uh, either you can learn uh, through, someone can learn through you 
or you can just jump right into the the highest level right away. So it do, it depends on what you're looking for in that regard. Do you need someone to are you someone who needs someone there with you physically um, and you need that emotional like tie with them, right? Online coaching might not be for you in that scenario. Maybe you need a local person at your gym who does training and coaching type of thing. That might be better. That's better for some people. So um, it's just a bit, what if they don't have that resume, right? Maybe you're lucky and they have both. But, um, you know, so that's a certain things you got to ask yourself. And Also their style. Like, yeah. are you a tough love kind of person? Are you going to cry if someone yells at you? Or you want someone to yell at you to get you like in order, you know? Um, you're not either of those, you're happy medium, but, um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's the cheerleader types, there's the, uh, tough love types. There's the, I'll be disappointed in you if you don't do this types. So there's, you know, you kind of have to vibe personality wise too, I think. Yeah. And also the methods, right? Yes. So, um, you're going to run into a lot of people who are two hour cardio, 800 calorie people. And they do that with all their clients kind of thing. Um, if that's if that's what you want to do, then great. You know, find that person. I'm not that person, um, but if you know, I'll I'll do basically whatever the body says to do is what I'm going to do. I'm, I, I I listen to the body every check in. I'm going to adjust it accordingly. I have no preconceived notions of where they should be in calorie wise. I have some girls eating 4,000 calories. I have some girls eating 1,100 calories. It's it really based on a week by week check in. So when they check in, I make an adjustment based on what the body tells me to do. I don't care anything else. I have cared nothing about the numbers, just what the body tells me to do. And I just listen to that every week and then make the adjustment. So um, is someone who does two hours of cardio in your within your lifestyle? Do you want to do that? Maybe you want to do that. Um, maybe that's something that you're you're looking to do. Um, maybe you want someone who bulks you, right? And I don't agree with bulking. I don't think there's ever a time where a bikini competitor especially makes sense for her to to bulk and gain unnecessary body fat, but maybe that's you. Maybe you like that stuff. Maybe that's not that's what you're looking for. So yeah, look at the styles of the coach in terms of their feedback, their system that they use to check in, their um, their methods. Are you someone who's super super hardcore and wants to do the two hours of cardio and you know that all their clients do it, but they look good, so you're just going to go for it? Are you someone who looks at this in the long term and knows that that's not sustainable or whatever? Um, you know, it's different for every person. So ask questions, you know, um, you know, email them, ask them all your questions. Like they should be able to answer all of them. Um, look at their resume, their Instagram, their clients, right? That type of thing. So that would be one thing. Anything I'm, I'm missing there in terms of that part of it? No, I think that's, uh, uh, all the information about a prep coach. And then as far as posing coaches and trainers, sometimes, um, you will want to seek an additional, uh, help with posing, right? We have a few of our coaches here, Tori and Kimber, that specialize in posing. I do not, but they do. So you can hit them up for, you know, the posing. And as far as training, you know, I have a, even though you're my coach, I do have a trainer and that's Sam. And that's great for me because I know one of my flaws is uh, I kind of need a babysitter in the gym. Okay, <laughs> I've been spoiled my whole life with gymnastics and track. Everyone, every coach I've ever had has looked after me, making sure I got it done, pushing me. And when I do workouts by myself, I can get them done, but the intensity is much less. So I want to make the most of my training. And that's why I have Sam training me. Yeah. You know, making sure I get it done. It's accountability too. I say I'm going to train with her at 930. I'm training with her at 930. 
Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts. She's waiting for me. So there's no way for me to be like, ah, I'm not really feeling it today. I'm just going to do my resistance bands at home. No, no, no. She's waiting for me. I got to be there. Yeah. And that's, and that's, <clears throat> I do find people excel really fast when they are working with a trainer or working even with just friends. If you can't afford a trainer all the time, working with a, a workout partner, just someone who's pushing you that you have to meet at the gym at a certain time um, to go through the workouts. But yes. And so for people who are, new to this there is a difference between coaching and training coaching is nutrition and a visual look and making sure everything's right the posing the suit all that um, and then there is um, the trainer which is workout based making sure the workouts are hard generally um, how it'll work with me with my clients is i'll create a, a workout plan for the client if it's a trainer i know i'm like hey give them you, know, you have freedom to change this however you need to within the kind of the format of of them training this volume and frequency um, throughout the week right type of thing so um, and it usually works really good. They see the workouts. They're just like, Hey, I know my job. I'm the trainer. My job is to push you in the gym and make sure you're getting the best of your workouts and, um, nothing wrong with that. I have, I have clients training with trainers all the time. Um, and so, and some of our really good relationships with too, like, like Andre trains a few of my clients and I think oh, he's, really? he's awesome. Yeah. And he does great. Great. You know, he's also a coach, good coach too. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there's things like that. And it just makes sense in the, in the area. And even myself, uh, when, when I get back, I'm going to be like, I need, I can't, I hate, I hate how I feel right now. Cause I like lose, I feel like I'm just getting so small. So I'm Aww. like, as soon as I could get back in and lift real weight, I'm going to hire a trader like four days a week at least. Um, and it, it just makes, makes a big difference in, um, the, the, of that intensity, you know, as soon as I can work intense again, I'm like back, I just can't live like that. <laughs> I yeah. feel so, I'm, it's, what's so sad is that this arm, cause I can't lift this arm yet. It's been, um, you see. What is it? It's been five weeks since I've been able to train this bicep. Five weeks. And uh, what's really sad is that uh, Kimber will, these straps are like, they're they're not, they're like, they're at their limit. And so I have to keep cutting it because it's getting smaller. Aww. And so every time she cuts it, I'm like, it's visual. Like I could visually see how much smaller my arm got. <laughs> and I'm like, I know what's happening. There's nothing I can do about it. It's so, it sucks so bad. So, but it'll, see, so here's the thing too, guys. Um, I'll probably post like a picture when it's all done. I just know I'm not worried about it because I, I hate how I feel, but I'm not worried about it. Muscle will come back. So a lot of girls who let's say get implant surgery or have an injury or something, right? They're like, oh, they ruined my career because I hurt my knee and I couldn't train legs for whatever. It will come back so fast. So I'm not worried that it'll come back. I just hate how I feel right now. I am, I am not worried for a second. It'll come back. Probably I'm going to guess I'll be back to 100%. As soon as I can lift hard again, uh, probably four to six weeks, something in that range, like it comes back rapid fast. So um, just for all you out there who are worried if you're getting an injury, you think it derailed your whole career, it set you back a little bit, of course, you know, a month or two, but it's not going to be like, it doesn't just disappear forever. You have to work 15 years to get it back. It is not, it comes back quick. Yes. So now we're going on to, um, we obviously, obviously we covered the posing coaching too. That's another thing that we should talk about because there's going to be different posing coach like options um you know phoebe has a good option where you could do videos with and she does group posing but she does like three people at a time in their group posing so that maybe that's not something that you want to do with the online group stuff and you want to do one-on-ones well then um you could do one-on-ones and maybe for you video isn't for you you want to do one-on-ones in person which are a big benefit or you could do groups with us so if you're new to this i will say you should start posing pretty soon to get the basics down especially just for like getting your posing pictures while you're doing your check-ins to have those pose pictures. Um, you can come, if you go to the, our website, teamelitephysique.com, 
there's a, a list of posing dates that we have posing uh, that you can do it at. But um, you also, if you're in Vegas, you could do one-on-one -on -one in person posing. Um, Phoebe's here right now too, doing that while she's here. Uh, Kimber, of course, you know, and we've talked about her with Tori. So, um, you know, Courtney does both Kenny Wellness too. So if you ever want to do any of those, we have that. But in your area, I think a couple one-on-one -on -one in persons are really beneficial. I really do. So online's great, but in person at least a few times um, to really understand it, group and and individual, I think is important. I especially think group is important because then you're kind of practicing show scenarios and you're with other girls and you see what they look like, how they're posing. You kind of get a feel for it. You get a little bit of your nerves out. So do go to those posing seminars, even though it's uncomfortable. The problem is, is that girls want to go to these posing seminars when, until they're not until they're in shape. Right? Yeah. I, I, I've been just posing with my tank top and shorts. So that you know, I think that becomes it becomes more important to pose in a bikini when you get closer to a show, so you can really refine your movements and be like, oh yeah, my glute is it looks better when I do it this way. You have to be at a certain body fat percentage anyway to see these little adjustments you'll need to make. But for now, you know, you could just pose in leggings, tank top, whatever. And as long as you can see your general shape right now, that's that's good for now. It's better than nothing. And then when you feel lean enough, you get closer to the show, then you can whip out the bikini and see uh, precisely the adjustments that you need to make with the posing. Because it will change as you get closer to a show. Um, little things will change, like in your back pose, like push a little harder, push a little less, depending on how conditioned you are. But uh, yeah, speaking of the, the seminars, March 9th, I believe, is our next one open to the public yes because the february one's just for team i believe right? um no actually i'm letting that one we're having people can come in but it's a show it, what it is it's a show so we have different posing so we can go into it on that with uh, as well on the website um so some of the show some of the posing seminars that we have are like a day before the show so yeah. we'll have competitors who are competing the next day and they're just mm -hmm. kind of getting their nerves out meeting people okay. who are competing but we're, those posing seminars are kind of stage posing seminars so it's basically we're running through show scenarios going on individuals um, the other seminars that are regular seminars are going to be, you know, all A to Z, everything, whatever the girls want to cover that day. But these ones are going to be like, hey, we're going to line you up. We're going to go through show scenarios. We're going to like go through it type of thing. So, um, so yeah, it is it just, it, and, and there are always something to learn from, from all of them. We'll still go through transitions and all that stuff for everything. But there, um, I think we're just going to put them all as open for the most part. Okay. But we have that big one, the next big one. Next big one, March 9th. So that should be a pretty pretty good turnout hopefully but you'll have to pre-register for that one because it might be a little bit bigger than usual so uh, every the details are on your page i even posted about it as well in a graphic so march 9th las vegas contest prep center see you there yeah but you register first please yeah and there's also glute camp after yes it'll be a fun one there'll be a lot going on there mm -hmm. too so um yeah just get get involved with those things i know it's intimidating at first because everyone you're, the, the problem is, is in your mind, it's so much worse than it actually is. In your mind, you're like, oh, it's going to be a bunch of girls that look like Ashley and Maureen and Issa. I'm like, <laughs> like, no, everyone's like just regular people. It's not, it's not a bunch of pros getting ready to compete at the Olympia. It's like just regular people who are, you know, getting started. You know, it's, they're not ripped yet. Most of them, there's going to be a couple who are like, you know, two weeks out from a show, but just a couple for the most part, if you get, let's say 20 girls in a posing seminar, probably three or four of them are competing within the next month. And the rest of them are just like, you know, three months out, four months out. Some are like just starting, you know, they're, they have 30 pounds to lose and nothing wrong with that. Everyone's super supportive. So just know there's, you don't have to be ripped. You don't have to be shredded to do posing. It is going to hurt you on stage. If you're not comfortable, if you're not good at posing, it will hurt you. So start early, have fun with it. 
uh, find a posing coach in your area, some posing seminars that work good for you. And then I guess it comes down to at the, at the end is this last question, I guess would be, when do you know when to compete? You know? Right. Well, the thing is, I, I think that goes back to what you said earlier. What are your goals with this? Are you are you wanting to compete just for the experience? Are you wanting to compete to win? Are you wanting to compete and hopefully get your pro card this year? I think that all depends on when you'll kind of step on stage. The longer you can build, the better your chances are. But then again, you can't wait till your physique is like Olympia level because who knows how long that would take. I think it's good to get on stage at least some point during the journey just to see where you stack up and you kind of you kind of touched on this point a little bit but seeing where you stack up what do you look like in comparison to these other competitors because everyone looks a certain way in photos but until you stand next to them you don't really know where you, you stack up you might be way too small you might step on stage and be like whoa i'm way more muscular than these girls so i think that's um that's something to consider so you know that's something your coach would hopefully be able to give you an answer for if your physique can at least be in the mix for um, top five, perhaps, which even then there's no way for the coach to really know. You don't know who's showing up that day, but maybe they can give you a better idea, but just know that the, you don't have to rush into shows or anything like that. They're always happening, thankfully. Um, so if you're not ready this month, then wait till next, but the longer you build, the better your chances are. But then again, can't wait. Like, your whole life just to compete be waiting for a long time yeah. so yeah exactly so um you know while we're done here what i'm gonna do is go ahead and go into a couple of these questions I actually accidentally just posted one so i'll just ask it <laughs> because i accidentally posted it um the question was do you ever back off cardio during prep from domeri donna cimentio yeah there was a couple cardio questions i saw yeah so a lot of people wondering when to start when to back off okay what do you do all we'll, that. we'll go into them then yeah so um, I'm actually going through a scenario right now with a prep that I'm I'm working with someone um, where we're trying to lose a, a good amount of body fat in this last bit here. Uh, so we're pushing the cardio pretty hard, but uh, the problem with the cardio is that it hides when you're doing a lot of cardio, doing a lot of workouts. Um, it does hide what's truly there. It, what's really going to be like the leg definition and the tie-in definition because you're really inflamed. Um, so there's there's times where we just we're, we're not going to do any cardio for like two to three days, four days maybe see what's really how much of this is inflammation and water retention she's going to work on recovery um and and just see okay what is it what do the legs really look like um when that inflammation is down are we leaner than we think right now um the body doesn't need a little bit of a reset type of thing too so yeah there's that scenario there's the scenario of ashley who was ahead before the olympia she was ready and she just was cruising without cardio yeah the last cardio i did was a week before the olympia didn't do any for the show after that the two-week show after that was Hawaii have not done cardio for that. And then I did Japan. I didn't do. So there was like a month I wasn't even doing cardio, just doing shows because I was like already there and lean enough. In fact, I needed to fill out a little bit more. So in that scenario where you're getting too lean or too depleted, um, definitely should back off. And and you don't have to do cardio is a tool to get lean. You don't have to. It's not like you're going to lose your endurance necessarily. <laughs> Or you're going to become unhealthy if you don't do cardio for a few weeks. That's not really how it works. If you're an active person, it's not like you're just sitting around all day. You yeah. know, a lot of people are under the misconception that like, oh, if I don't do cardio, uh, heart health, you know, unless you have some sort of medical condition, it's not really how it works. If you're a healthy person, not eating cheeseburgers every day and just sitting down. 
for 15 hours. Yeah, so. I think you have it right, nailed right, where it's just one of the tools. One of the yeah. many tools to get you lean. And if you're already lean, then yeah, you're going to start it. cutting some of the tools. Yeah, it's as simple as that. You know, it, it wouldn't make sense to continue. Um, but think you have your supplements, your workout, your diet, and your cardio. All of those things are going to help you get that lean level of look. Once you obtain that lean level of look, yeah, cut the things that uh, that make most sense. So if you love doing cardio, okay, keep some cardio and eat, raise up the calories. All right, you don't you you're happy with your food. All right, let's cut some cardio and give you some of your day back. You know. Um, you know, are you're you're too jacked? Okay, let's 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 reduce some of your workouts. Let's go to three. The problem is people have a hard time letting go of those things. Yes, they think, oh, if I'm not doing cardio, I'm gonna yeah. get fat. If I don't, do, I have to do cardio. To be, I'm like, no, you're too lean already. Just it's fine. Just don't do cardio for a week. Like <laughs> you're gonna be two weeks, whatever, whatever. It's fine. And so that's the uh, that's that's something that you're all gonna learn. Have to fight with yourself about of when when I should pull back on something. That's the harder thing to do, and it's that's gonna be where your coach kind of comes in. It's definitely the hardest thing to do as a coach is to pull back on something. Cause when you pull back on something, then it becomes like purely the coach's responsibility of like, if, if they are too soft for a show, but you had them pull back, you're like, Oh yeah, that was probably my bad because I thought you were too lean. And that's why we pulled back. But if you're just like grinding into a show the whole way through, then it's like, okay, we got as lean as we could. It was like a safety net as a coach. But when you're like, you're too lean and you pull back, you better be on, you better have that eye if you're that coach there. Cause there's a, there's a different, a different thing. Um, one of the other questions we came in was kind of like, there's like two parts of the question. Um, but they, uh, she said, I did a bikini competition and the judges feedback was to lean down on the lower body, build your medial glutes. Okay. So here's the thing. There's two ways to approach that. Now, if you're not that muscular, I won't bring a girl in who's not that muscular, like completely shredded because the problem is, is if you're not that muscular and you're real petite and you just don't have that base of muscle yet and we get you shredded you're gonna look really stringy right you have to have a good amount of muscle to be shredded so if you're if you don't and you're just shredded you're gonna look skinny right so you have that fine balance of like fullness of what you're looking for so there's two ways of looking leaner one is keep your body fat level about the same but add more muscle and then the muscle will kind of push through that body fat a little bit more and you could see it better that way or it is getting leaner so you have to figure out which one is it right so do you actually just need more muscle and that's why and your body fat level was appropriate or should you have been leaner um to to show the glutes but do you even have the glutes to show at that point or are they going to look stringy right so bikini is definitely an art you want to be full but not too dense you want to be lean but not too lean you want to be muscular but not too muscular you know you want to be put together and look perfectly balanced but you're not actually perfect balanced to give the illusion of balance and you're training some muscles to create that and some muscles to not so it's like it's a whole crazy art form um and it's there's a lot of like i give away as many tricks as i can uh without like not without making me irrelevant and not competitive there's a lot of things i hold back on these things because I'm like, no, that's going to be, that's going to be, I'm not giving that advice. I'm not giving that to coaches that are listening to this, you know? So there's a lot of like tricks in terms of the balance and symmetry and creating the illusions and stuff that I don't talk about. But the, the, the whole thing is this is going to be, um, it's very much an art form. It's going to take a while to figure your, yourself out with that. So you've done a really good job with that. And you've had a really good eye at this point too. Yeah. Like you see things that sometimes I don't see and I'm like, wow, good, good job, Ashley. Like you'll see little tweaks in posing. You'll see little like things with muscle and you'll see like density better now too. You really get it seeing density too. Yeah. You've really picked up on that. Mm -hmm. And so, and the, and the difference of, I've got a good uh, cue now for density. So 
it's been hard because someone asked me that like and it's always so hard to explain is it the horse thing i got a better one okay. i got a better one now yeah the, the horse so when people were asking what density and fullness was before i had a hard time so i was like oh, a horse if you see a horse walking they have all those fibers which is still accurate you see all those fibers like like uh flickering that'd be like density in the muscle like you don't want to see that flickering that density of that muscle those grains but uh an easy one is think of density as like if you're looking at a steak look i was just thinking raw meat versus cooked raw meat I'm, i go raw meat versus like a water balloon oh okay raw meat versus a water balloon right if you took the same volume <laughs> if you took I was this, like just thinking yeah you okay. if you took the same volume of like meat so they're both the equal size they're both like a, let's say they're both the equal size of a bowling ball that's easy to to, to picture if you took a bunch of meat and you filled the bowling ball and you saw it, you would see like the grain of the muscle, the density, all that. And if you took a bowling ball and you filled it with water, you wouldn't see anything, but it'd still be the same size. It'd still be big and round. That's what you want in bikini. You want the big round water balloon versus a steak. And that's the difference of density and fullness. And that's why people like, they're like, she's not that dense, she's not that dense. I'm like, you don't know what you're looking for. <laughs> that's your problem. When you're seeing that steak, on those thighs <laughs> you know and you you see a bikini competitor and you're like that's about 20 pounds of filet right there <laughs> that is too dense you want a water balloon right that doesn't look like a water balloon you want it to be like a round still hard but not like a body fat water balloon but round without those crazy details so there you go i like it right we answer we come up with the solution finally so people to understand visually you know i don't know you think it works you think it works well We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will find out. So anything we should add to that? Anything that you obviously you have the most experience? Anything you should, we were missing here? No, I think we've covered it all. Unless you see any other questions that we need to get to you before ending. Yeah. I think, um, I think one of the only questions we have here, which is a common question that we'll get is about like sugar-free, um, zero beverages and um, things like that. Oh, this is more about alcohol. Yeah, yeah. that's not really going to be fit into. Sorry, guys. Like, mm. here's the thing: if you're trying, if you're trying to just be a transformation client and you want to fit those things in, great, you know. But if you're trying to be like the next top level competitor, there's just going to be certain things you're not going to really do. You know? Right. Well, I think they're trying to to present it as zero sugar alcohol because they think that it's not going to. Oh. They it, they think there's not going to be any negative side effects because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's sugar-free and it's kind of like a eh, i didn't even know that really. was a thing like that i'm so behind yeah. the curve I mean, even if you, yeah i mean even if besides you, the alcohol of course yeah i mean they, there's a lot of sugar-free alcohol beverages even people will think that just plain vodka is safe because there's no sugar in it right uh, it doesn't work like that yeah metabolizes different yeah alcohol is a really strange thing because it's its own macronutrient so you have like four calories for protein four calories for carbs and nine calories for fats but alcohol is seven calories so it's it's like right it's like closer to fat than like drinking that than it is to drinking like carbohydrates right because in terms of calories alone so um yeah i mean it's the thing is you have to figure out what's what's your goals and what's your long-term thing transformation client want to fit it in great uh you're an active competitor you know, getting crunk on Saturday nights probably not gonna be, <laughs> probably not gonna be your thing. So it, it's just not gonna be a, a good successful long term outcome if that's a goal. Remember, you're, it's all about day capturing and capturing the day like we talk about. Getting one day ahead of the person who's trying to beat you, right? And if you can do that, then great. And if you're accumulating thirty days a month of that, it's gonna be really hard to catch you. If you're the person who's accumulating, you know, three weekend parties, you know, calories uncounted, living balanced and gaining thirty pounds in the off season, and you want to beat you know, one of these top girls who are always in shape. Good luck with that. There's just not, it is not how, how life works. You know, there's no job where you can slack off, you know, 
four months out of the year and expect to be the CEO the next year. You know, it's just not how life works, you know? So be realistic, you know, if you're, but if you want to be a normal, you know, transformation client, you can fit that in. You can still get on stage, but we just have to be realistic. You can't do both. Right. So not no cake and eating it too, unfortunately. And, and actually in our bodybuilding room, kind of literally. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, with that, I had fun with this one. Yep. I'm going to put it up there. We'll say like, Top eight, you know, I always say this one's so good. <laughs> and you're always like, oh, the other ones, they were just mediocre. So this one, we'll go top eight. Okay. I like it. Okay. okay. Realistic, right? Yeah. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening. Talk to you guys soon.